Hey everybody, this is Nate. And this is Justin. From Pertnear Sandstone. And you're listening to Road to Blue Ox. Hey Nate! Hey Justin! Hey, we're here. It's episode two, season two, Road to Blue Ox. We're rolling along, heading our way into June. In June. We got a good episode lined up. We're going to talk a lot about, you know, different things at the festival that people uh, might need to know. We're going to play some music from some new artists that people might not know, and we're going to uh, highlight an interview I got to do with Lily May. Currently, she lives in Nashville. She's from Northern Illinois, I learned, though, and she is an incredible songwriter, fiddler, and guitar player. Yep. Resides now in Nashville, and she's just super awesome, and I'm very excited to uh, be able to share that. Yeah, it was a great interview. Wish I yep. could have been there for that interview. I was down snorkeling in Mexico, but it was, uh, oh, it was necessary. Shucks. You needed a vacation from the, the cold winter in L.A. You had to get down to Mexico. <laughs> I got to follow the whales once in a while, you know. It's part of my... Did you get uh, to see whales? Everywhere. They were, yeah, they were on the beach. You could see them breaching all over. and Oh, they my were God, how far. exciting. It was pretty cool, so it was... Whales, actually, whales are uh, maybe my favorite animal, Nate. Did you know that? Yeah, and it's not surprising. They're pretty awesome. Just knowing that they exist in this world is, is something that's satisfying to me. To even consider what they do and how far they migrate. And, you know, like sperm whales, they have all these crazy features or adaptations in their body so they can dive down deep and hunt giant squid. They're amazing animals. I just can't, I can't get enough of them. Yeah, I learned that when they're down in Mexico, they're actually fasting. They're down there mating and giving birth, and they haven't eaten since the Alaskan coastline. I mean, they're just incredible. But Nate, is this a, a podcast about whales? It is now. But we should get back to blue ox, a different species of animal yeah. we're talking about. We should, though, discuss just some logistics that people might want to know about blue ox. For example, two-day passes and single-day passes are now on sale. Make sure you visit the blueoxmusicfestival.com website for all the information on these things we're speaking of as well. Yeah, just a couple of things to note. You can buy Thursday and Friday single-day passes, which is a, a cool option if you can't make it down for the whole weekend. Camping is not included in those tickets, but you're welcome in the doors. And truly, our Thursday, I'm so excited for Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Ray, you found me. You weren't supposed to find me. <laughs> Hiding from your children again. Okay, hold on. Let's go back down, Ray Ray. You want to play trains? Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's fun. So yeah, those those festival passes are available for single days. And um, oh, the car camping passes, same deal as last year. If you want to have your car at your campsite, you need to buy a pass. This is an effort to reduce car traffic in the campsites and just reduce amount of cars in the unreserved camp area. And anybody who's been to previous Blue Ox knows if it rains and your car is back in that campsite, it is not easy to get out and you might need to be towed. So that's why we like to keep all the cars in the big parking lots and just have have people you know use our campsite as a campsite and just to be more environmentally friendly make sure you carpool load up a vehicle with a bunch of your friends and along those lines the festival is currently working on expanding our recycling and compost collection working with earthbound environmental solutions expanding that 
program for the festival, so we're we're getting green. The blue ox is getting a little more green every year. Call it green ox in a few years. Also, don't forget, we really want to encourage families to come to the festival. That's why kids 13 and under are free with a paid adult. I love that part of our festival. I love Me the too. fact that that's available and a thing. And we definitely want to encourage families to come down. We know several families who have been there multiple years and wouldn't miss it because it's so family friendly. And we always have that kid stage and kid programming and stuff to keep them occupied. Plus they find each other and they don't want to see parents at all anyway. So you can kind of cut them loose. And we will have that wristband option again this year for people who uh, want to make sure they keep their kids safe. And we obviously want to make sure kids aren't lost. That's why we have the wristband system for uh, keeping track of the kiddos. Really glad we have that. Check your kids in at the gate. Or uh, it's like a booth in the concert bowl, right? It's like my mom going bowling when I was younger. She would just check me in and put me down in the basement with all the other tykes. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are free to participate in the festival. There's not uh, a pen that we shuffle them off to. That would be uh, up to the parents. Also new this year, the Blue Ox Lounge is open to serve the entire festival, not just the VIP pass holders. People will love going in there. If it's hot, they can step in there and grab a drink and chill. It, it's a little shady as well over on the, on the deck. Yeah, it's a cool spot, so take advantage of that this year. I was dying in the dark Talking. 
Charlie Crockett, he's got such a unique approach to music as well. He's got country, but he has a little bit of, he's got a really cool sound coming out of that, that world of Texas roots. So as we book the festival, we have a lot of hands in that process. And sometimes, actually every year, somebody gets on the bill who I've never heard of before. And the interview I did this episode was with Lily May, and she was booked on our bill before I knew who she was. And then she came to town with the Cactus Blossoms at first dab. I was like, oh, she's on our Blue Ox bill this year. I'm going to go make sure I get there early and check her out because uh, I always love discovering new acts. One of the beauties of Blue Ox is just that. Um, so I went down and I was completely blown away by her. She has an incredible voice and occasionally you encounter somebody who you can tell has music so deeply embedded in their soul that you can't help kind of being hypnotized by it. Her fiddle is basically an extension of her body. She plays it in like that effortless style where she doesn't have to think about it. You know, she just... She's sort of raised with the fiddle, right? Youngest of five children, she grew up on a motorhome in a band, in a, in a bluegrass gospel band. And uh, she's done a few different interviews online that I really enjoyed watching before I did my own. And I learned a lot about where she comes from and, and why uh, her musical background and how she's ended up where she has. And she, you know, she's got like, uh, her voice is like transcendent and powerful and is super delicate and soft at times. And I mean, just, it'll like just grab you and take you away. That's like when I listen to her, her album and her tunes, I'm just like kind of hypnotized, truly. It's like not only are her uh, melodies great, but her words are clever and good, too. It's just she's like one of my new favorites easily. So I was thrilled to be able to interview her and she was super down to earth. What did Lou say about her? She's the most talentedest. <laughs> yeah, Louie, my five-year-old has also been listening to the album a lot because he lives with me. Um, <laughs> he's like, he had a question for her that I actually forgot to ask. He's like, how is she so talented? And then he wanted to say, you can come over to our house anytime because you're the most talentedest persons with the best voice I ever knew. <laughs> So, hey, there's a five-year-old's endorsement. Yeah. He listens to a lot of music in the house as well. So check out the interview, and uh, hopefully you go and check out her music, man. I'm telling you, Other Girls is a release that she put out um, in 2017 on Jack White's Third Man label, produced by David Cobb, and recorded at RCA in Nashville. She's she's toured with the Raconteurs, and she's played on all kinds of stuff for Third Man and, and for other stuff. She's a, a Nashville lady who seems like she's been around forever, but she's only 28 years old, yeah. you know? I mean, she's got decades of experience and she's so young. Like her story is crazy because you hear it, like she grew up in a, a traveling family band and like they were kind of, kind of religious and weren't allowed to listen to certain kinds of music or dress certain way and, and it just sounds like a story out of the 30s or 40s or even like the 60s or 70s but then you realize that this was all happening in the 90s and the 
2000s and you're like oh, okay this it's hard to wrap your head around mm-hmm. plus then you hear her songs and she's totally got like an old i mean she just she says it in the interview too she's like i think it was born in the wrong era but she maybe she's just a reincarnate of you know either way she's all those... becoming quickly a national treasure yeah i mean i just i can't speak highly enough about her from her music and then like chatting with her and communicating her before with her before the interview i just totally thrilled to have her she's on thursday this year too so make sure you get out early and see her she's gonna be playing uh, i think like roughly seven o'clock on thursday this year don't miss her let's listen to a golden year from her album other girls and then we'll jump right into that interview
Okay, are you there? Oh my god, I'm so I'm so relieved. <laughs> Heck yeah. The tech savvy person in the band who who I produced this with is in Mexico. I'm flying by the seat of my pants here, but hey, it's all good now. Cool. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you at Blue Ox. I just want to make sure everybody at our festival knows who you are so they don't miss your set because I am totally in love with your music. And one of the joys of throwing a music festival is like getting to bring your own mixtape on stage for everybody else to listen to live, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's as much work as it is, it's very rewarding in that regard. So um, and we're really thrilled to have you. And I actually didn't know you before you were booked. And then thereafter, I was like, oh, who's this? I'll check it out. Then you were invited onto that Cactus Blossoms bill at First Avenue. And uh, I made it out to that show. And I was just like, cool. oh, my God. I'm so I'm so excited because that was such a good show. That's awesome. So funny because it, it was um we don't play like that usually. We have we did um Misa and I did that a duo opening when I was playing with Robert Plant and opening for him and we did that then. But I was like we don't we don't we just so seldom do that almost always as full bands. So you know so for me I was like you know I was a little uh not entirely put together for for that one so but it was, right. it was awesome in there the cactus blossoms are amazing and it was really sweet of them to yeah how did you how did you hook up with them did you know um, them prior yeah misa is good friends with them and they he's That's your drummer right yeah he plays drums with me also he's my partner as well but we play together like he usually kind of plays everything so okay like he played guitar on that show and sang yeah. but he knows cactus blossoms but i knew them from kayamo cruise so, oh sure so it was kind of you know the both of us knowing them and but they had asked him if we could come and do it i was like hell yeah man oh yeah we kind of came up at the same time in town and i have a really strong affinity for those guys are really they're lucky. so great they're like super devoted hard workers and they just have a great mindset totally they're kind of inspiring to me and after learning more about you you are as well i mean of course, I don't know even where... When I saw you play the fiddle, I was like, oh, it's like part of her body. You know, like you, <laughs> uh, you, you know, like you encounter people and their instruments and you're like, oh, you're you're so good and so comfortable with that instrument. You clearly have been doing it forever. And then but, I learned that you started playing when you were seven. Yeah. What was it like growing up uh, in a family band? And also, where are you in the birth order? I'm kind of curious about I'm that. I'm the youngest. You are the youngest. I thought. The youngest five, yeah. So there wasn't a fiddler yet? So there like here what actually <laughs> everyone started on fiddle okay but my oldest sister is a fiddle player as well but she she started me out like everyone started on fiddles like my father had started the family band and he started everyone on fiddle but then you know he gave my brother guitar and gave my sister a mandolin my oldest sister stayed on fiddle and then my sister grace she plays guitar okay before i played fiddle i played piano and guitar yeah you just had all the building blocks it sounds like that's that's right yeah, totally. Okay. Also, we're my family. Like, I, I didn't grow up up north at all. My family left. We moved away when I was one. But my family's all. My mother and my father both were born in northern Illinois. And okay. all five of my siblings were born in northern Illinois. So, like, we're like, you know, Wisconsin, like, all our family. We have a huge, massive family, and they all live up there. So, it's oh, like, I, did, I did not know that. Where, totally. where in northern Illinois? Galena, Woodbine, 
Galena okay. Woodbine is on 20. Highway 20 is about two and a half hours out of Chicago, and it's all literally on the Wisconsin and Iowa border, northwest corner. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we're like super familiar with Wisconsin and all that stuff, you know. You have another, you have an Appleton connection too, and one yeah. of my favorite songs of yours was written there. Thank uh, you. Golden Year, right? Totally. Yeah. What the, you did in Appleton? Um, You know, I uh, had been friends with um, Adriel Denae and um, Corey Chisel, and they run the refuge. And Kent, obviously, Kent, who, you know, he helps help. He's a partner of theirs and he does a lot of the booking and stuff. But I've known Corey and his wife for in Adriel for a long time. You know, they used to live in Nashville. So in anyway, and then we ended up playing in Australia two, three years ago with Corey Chisel, his band Traveler. Anyway, we kind of reconvened or reconnected then. And um, and he ended up bringing us out to several gigs in Appleton. And we, you know, have visited and played at the Refuge and stayed there and done other shows through their connection and their home gig, The Refuge, okay. which is just an incredible place. Yeah, and the Mila Music Festival yep. is one of my my favorites as well it's just so fun yeah, to go it's really cool you know not unlike i mean it's a little bit more condensed than americana fest but i love a multi-venue like city-wide festival that it's is great. just, like, it's it's so just cool. such a such a fun idea it is and especially so, in that area there's like yes it's the midwest or whatever but like you know being from there originally i didn't grow up there but we visit family and we've always visited and played up their loads so there's so much there are so many artists and there's so much music and art in that area it's unbelievable and i think it really as far as it and a lot more than a lot of other places in the midwest that just particular area right. there's so much it's pretty cool i know and they have a, a great music school there and it's just like yeah wisconsin has a as a as an uncanny knack at producing a, a lot of art and music you know we kind of we're, we're a minneapolis uh, st paul band who found a home in Eau Claire for the festival because the festival owners approached us uh, while we were out playing with the Traveling McCurries in Colorado. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to start... um well, they initially asked us to join their country fest bill and put together like a bluegrass stage. And then we pitched them all like, why don't we just do a whole Americana music festival? Because we think that everybody up here would love it and yeah. would support it. And sure enough, six years later, we, we have a festival that keeps growing and that people are very excited about. That's awesome. And yeah, it's been really, we've been really lucky and we kind of can't believe that, like I said, make our mixtape live on stage and, and play with these monsters of the genre who we yeah. never would even. Yeah, Sam Bush sat up with us and Jerry Douglas came to town <laughs> to play with us. And we're just like, like how is this even real? Right. <laughs> you know? Maybe I can segue into you being on Jack White's Third Man and, um, you know, having David Cobb produce your most recent record. I mean, I imagine it's been kind of a wild, fun ride for you the past few years as well. Definitely. Like, how did you get hooked up with that? Or did Jack approach you after having, I'm sure he saw you around town. I mean, no, I, I worked with Jack. I've worked with Jack for almost a decade now. Oh, wow. Uh, so, and I started out, my sister Scarlett and I started recording. We were recording on some soundtracks. He'd bring us in for random sessions. Like, you know, there was a time he was looking for female musicians and okay. some friends recommended me and her. And, and he just, you know, kept using me on stuff. And then it came time for him to tour. And I had played on this first solo album and that other session work. And I think his some was a movie soundtrack or something. And uh, it just led from that. Okay. And it's been a while now. I'm like, yeah, I've been over there. I've been working with Third Man now for some time. And, you know, I, I think they're awesome. Third Man's a really awesome label. They, you know, the music, they support some really incredible music. And they're super cool. Everyone over there is real cool. Like yeah. They, 
It's been fun, definitely, working with them. I've loved it very much. Yeah, you can trust it. You know, you can just go there and, and trust that if it's on the label, you're probably going to like it. It's probably going to be good, you know? They really do some incredible, incredible stuff. All kinds of, you know, some of the music, the unreleased. Like, I, I don't know this for a fact. I haven't looked into it. I haven't researched it. But apparently, like, they're releasing a, a new unreleased Patsy Cline recording. Oh, wow. And I don't know if that just happened or if it's about to happen. A friend of mine told me about it. So I was just like, damn, stuff like that. That's incredible. Or, you know, I know a few years ago they did that blues box set. That was just, right. like, you know, like some inc- absolutely awesome stuff. Anyway, they're they're pretty dope for that stuff. Yeah, like the music, the preservation and sort of the musicology of it all. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's really valuable work because like, you know, I mean, who else is going to do it and who's going to do it well, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. But as far as Dave Cobb goes, that was also, that was something that came about from that, my former manager. And um, in Third Man, yeah, they kind of, you know, set that up, made that happen. I didn't know Dave prior to that but uh he had ended up wanting to work with me so it was was cool yeah to go into rca and be able to to play in that studio and just kind of yeah i had recorded in there before with jim lauderdale okay and they're really beautiful room it's awesome i'm like i'm a sucker for some tall ceilings and besides i'm the biggest waylon jennings nut that's ever been and he recorded Uh, in their loads and like yeah the orchestra chamber and shit like it's amazing you know being like yeah that's cool it's a cool place also it's like you know it's an old building so it's like not some new sterile studio that is comfortable yeah history in the walls yeah it's just it was it was a you know it was a cool experience yeah i mean it's so it's just so fun to listen to you and i have to remind myself that you're not from a different era sometimes you know (laughs) i'm I'm in the wrong one you know uh, you might be, but I'm, I'm I'm sure happy you're here. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, and your story too, like growing up in a family band that played like religious music and gospel music. I mean, yeah, it just sounds like something from the 30s or yeah. even maybe from the 70s or something. We were very, you know, we grew up very uh, like sheltered or we were, you know, kind of forced to be outdated because we weren't, you know, my family growing up was so religious that my dad left when I was 11. So that went out, that all went out the window, thankfully at an early age for me, because Ugh. I was able to, you know, to get in touch with the world some way, you know? Right. So, Cause your siblings okay, were cool. a little bit older, I suppose. Totally. When he left and we had, you know, been playing downtown and God was like, okay, cool. Like I had a chance to, to grasp onto stuff, but I, I mean, honestly, the type of people you can, you know, imagine are people that we grew up around and a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, and we were, my family was all homeschooled too. So it's like, you know how that, that whole homeschooled bluegrass band gospel, like that stuff, you can really go so far in the opposite direction. And I'm so grateful that we were able to connect because we weren't the siblings actually, like everyone was like, totally and you know like just loved music so much and loved like fashion and clothes and everything and we weren't allowed to like be part of that you know so as soon as we were allowed able to it was like hell yeah there's this whole world of art and create you know stuff that was like that we were sheltered from and i'm so glad that i was able to get out of that at an early age i'm very grateful yeah (laughs) <laughs> so you yeah. know and it's amazing that we grew up that way and also like the fact that we didn't grow up with tv or internet and shit like that yeah like i'm very much it very and even to negative points it has shaped who i am to a point where like this you know trying to download the app to do this is like a struggle <laughs> so it's like ah it's a you know it's oh, totally it's good and bad oh yeah 
I mean, but it brought you where you are, and I mean, that's pretty awesome, you know. Totally. totally. So yeah, and like, so did the band? I mean, you guys didn't dissolve when your dad left. You guys kept playing, obviously. Oh, of course not. No, I mean the problems. Like you know, he left. He had his own issues and and everything. But like when you know it wasn't working anymore because the band was evolving, and he was still staying true to a past thing, and he was not evolving with the band, and that was kind of the main. You know, that was the major problem there for the last for the previous couple of years before he he actually you know left our family or whatever. But um, yeah, like you know that was always an issue because it was like cool the band you know and my sisters are you know they're older than i am they were teen when i was eight my oldest sister was 18 you know so it's like they were growing far faster than he would right you know unbridled you can't control that exactly right? yeah yeah so it was just like it was just destined to happen and and he plays music still and he's awesome and he's definitely loosened up a lot you know <laughs> like he's not strict and everything like he used to be people change is funny but um yeah, like that's, that's he's cool. got a band nowadays and he's you know doing great he's got you know he's still playing and playing awesome him and his girlfriend have a band and you know they play up north all the time or you know several times a week and stuff like it's not you know everything's all it's all good yeah so when he split then did you travel less and then just play in nashville more um we always we still traveled for sure okay. i mean we uh we we had already already when we moved to nashville we kind of slowed down traveling a little bit compared to because we just lived in a motorhome before and we were literally on the go the whole time so yeah. yes we slowed down traveling a little bit because we were recording in nashville and stuff like that but then we got a gig downtown playing at layla's but we always traveled still we always remained to uh to do festivals and road gigs anything that we could anything we right. could do but layla's a really cool person and she always uh she you know if you if you leave if you have a tours booked she just subs your gigs out for a while to you get home she doesn't throw you out the window like everyone else does <laughs> so she's a badass yeah that's cool yeah yeah i'm not i'm not too familiar with layla's she's got a place on broadway yeah she she um created a super comfortable place for all of us to perform and hang out and we love her dearly she's a dear friend and family she's she's the best i'll have to go check that place out next time man it's, it's the coolest man there's really there are so few places that are left that are still like they were and one is the station inn hasn't changed at all it's amazing right. it's in the gulch it's literally this tiny little brick building yeah i'm familiar in the, with that one. yeah in the midst of all these they've just it's, the area is completely unrecognizable in the midst of these high-rise glass windowed buildings there's the tiny little station in still standing and it's awesome it's amazing that they're still in business and um i mean of course they're in business it's amazing that they didn't blow the fucking place up <laughs> right god because everything else in nashville they're just like i don't know why they love to throw the history out the window like they do doesn't make any sense but layla's is one of those original places layla's and robert and mm -hmm. the station in that's the only three that i can think of on hand right now yeah i once uh i saw a photo of it was like nashville skyline it was the it was yeah. the tag and, and then it was just a bunch of cranes in the air <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's like we have a look at all kinds of running jokes like counting cranes and uh -huh. you know totally it's like we used to count them for fun you know it's yeah, just right. like it's it's crazy it's yeah. nuts. I don't know how it's blown up. Obviously, it's good and it's great for some things and it's bad for some things. Like always, I'm not complaining. Like people say, I remember that uh, Jack White said once he was like, well, I grew up in Detroit. Everything was abandoned and, and dead. So he's like to see the opposite, to see the growth and the booming is incredible. You know, and it's like, yeah, I, I understand that. I get it as well. But on the other hand, you got a town that's built, built on artists and musicians and nobody can afford to live 
It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I it's mean, really, it's awful. Yeah, there's a similar thing happening here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, but I think to a slightly lesser extent, just because you know Nashville's climate and culture is a little bit right. more appealing. <laughs> you, you, you were here. You were here during a snowstorm for the gag. Oh, Club. it was so beautiful. I know. I love it. it. Beautiful. I love it too. And I, mean, I always miss the snow. We don't get that here. I mean, we'll get a little, we'll get a dusting, but it's, it ain't nothing to get excited about, you know? No, not at all. all right. But Minneapolis is, is really, it's the coolest. It's like, y'all got the, the best music, the coolest people, like real true music supporters. And like, I love Minneapolis and it's just cool. It's cool. there. good, great food and cool things to do. Like I love it there so much. Yeah. We really lucky up here. I mean, and people tell us that and like, there's a bit of like, um, well, we love to pump ourselves up a little bit just because, you know, we have an inferiority complex at times. But I mean, and, and I don't like to always do it either, but I have to at times because I go out to shows and I'm just like, man, everybody showed up. Everybody's like here and totally yeah. supporting it. And it's just really fun to see. And it's really fun to hear other people say it too. Totally. But I mean, as far as what you got going now, I mean, just to make an abrupt segue, I noticed you don't have too many dates coming up. Are you just kind of chilling out, recording, writing, or like taking a break because 2019 was so busy? Or Not at all. Um, no? Some dates are being announced and released. There have been some, a bunch added this week. We were actually just, I was just with my sister. We were just posting up a bunch of new dates. No, I mean, things have been slower than I'd like to be. There's no answers to why that is. It's like, why are things slow? It's like, you got artists, you got people just like dying to work and be on the road and hustle. And like, I'm like, that's what I'm used to. And that's like what I love. Yeah. I love like just being slammed. And yeah. uh, it's been, it has been very good for me. As I realize now, it's been good for me to slow down a little bit. I kind of got myself back on my feet. And I've kind of figured out that I was, you know, kind of disconnected from a lot of things. But I no, it's been slow and um, not by choice. No, I would. Uh, I I just currently, or I just recently parted ways with some some of my business team, and um, I look forward to hopefully, you know, getting to a place where I can just be touring a lot more. Yeah, but, okay. So I've got this uh, tour coming up, this co-headlining tour with Aubrey Sellers. That's okay. Got, so we start in March, the tail end of March, in April, in May. And uh, we're going all over, and I'm so excited about that. Super stoked about that. She's an incredible artist and a really awesome person as well. And I'm just super stoked to do these gigs with her coming up. And then uh, I'll be going. We'll be going to Australia in July and have a couple shows in June. Also, was we were booking some other stuff around Blue Ox. Yeah, Australia is July, and then I'll be doing a package show. A four-act package show with um, a couple people and uh, Shooter Jennings. And it's it's not like, it's not, we're not at a point where it's announced. Hopefully it all pans out as planned and it, that'll be in August, hopefully. There was, there was talk about having Shooter at Blue Ox. We did a show with him last year. One show, one off, and it was this festival's first year. So it was like crazy. I was glad, I was honored to be there and glad to be there and everything. And But they were, their team was, you know, was so kind to me and... Years back, I got the call to play fiddle with Shooter, and I was I couldn't do it at the time, and I was always super bummed about that because I was yeah. like, damn, I would have loved to do that. But I think it's really awesome that the you know that the tables have turned or whatever. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not gonna hold on to you too much longer. I just we always do like a lightning round kind of. I just ask you some questions. You know, you can spend as much time or as little time on them as you want. But just being a, a musician on, on the road, I love hearing what other people have to say about Well, I'll just start. 
first off, are you a driver? Are you a rider? Are you a sleeper in the van? Like, what's your role when it comes to that? Not a sleeper. No? No, I wish I was. That'd be nice. No, I'm a driver and a rider, but I drive the long haul for sure. So when you're driving the long haul, what's like your preferred, maybe a couple albums that you have to have? I'm like the worst person to ask this ever, always. And it always comes because I'm like, I'm the youngest in my family. I know this, like, it sounds stupid, but it's like, I didn't, I never picked what we were going to listen to like hey what are we going to listen to so I literally like I just rely on everyone else <laughs> like I literally I really do it's so seldom like MDJ uh-huh I mean that's kind of a cool role that just like puts you like <laughs> in such an open position like you're just like ready for whatever totally it can also be it can be bad because <laughs> if you're by yourself and you're like I, rather than I'm like oh cool I go you go to someone else's house and all oh, they put on the record player they put on some music and some background and it's like and then it's like okay that's super nice uh, but I love uh, I really love I'm a huge fan of um, of um, old jazz and stuff like that I love that stuff but like as far as like oh what's gonna keep you awake cool okay you know it's always usually that I'm like cool I won't listen to anything slow if you're dri- if you're driving it's like cool we'll just listen to stuff that's going to be upbeat and shit to keep you going yeah but i've been recently i've been listening to the osborne brothers who nice. like is, yeah maybe they were like bluegrass but they're so beyond bluegrass they're they should be in their own genre they should they they are they are so ahead of their time and they were so ahead of their time and they're still ahead of their time nobody's ever done anything that's even close to them their arrangements their the way they go off the melodies and like this unbelievable they're incredible and they had drums back then which wasn't exactly right. you know it was like the Leuven brothers had a snare drum and then the Osborne brothers had drums like it's like yeah hell yeah I don't know if they if you would even consider that blue that bluegrass I don't know what but they were they were so beyond but I've been listening to them lately and um and honestly I've been listening to Aubrey Aubrey's new record because because she's a badass I actually (laughs) checked her out at work last night because she awesome she popped up in uh, a related artist to you on some search I did yeah she's super talented yeah, I liked her stuff too. Yeah, my brother uh, sang harmony on her last album on on some stuff. Oh, great! Yeah, I really love. Um, what is that? Is it Golden Years where there's that that guitar riff? Is that Frank too? Uh, I mean Frank played on it. That Frank you know what? Do you know what riff I'm talking about? I don't. Bum, 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 bum. Oh no! I mean, I just wrote that when I wrote the song. It's oh like, yeah, okay, that's you then. I write all that shit. Yeah. Oh nice! I was wondering about that too. Scarlet, such... Sister Scarlet and I, we work a lot of that stuff. I mean, that's the way I write. It usually is usually those little parts. They usually are either the inspiration for the song. Okay. But that's like I that was like I heard that in the halls of that in the choir room at the chapel at the refuge at the refuge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I just love that song. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do you have any pre-show rituals that you partake in? Like a deep breathing or nail clipping or always got to have the nails filed. <laughs> yeah, nail file. Sure, <laughs> gotta have them. Gotta have those nails trimmed. Uh-huh. Um, no, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty chill. I don't drink or and I haven't been. I quit smoking cigarettes. So usually I would smoke a cigarette beforehand, but I'm not doing that now. So I'm kind of. I'm pretty. You know, I'm, my life has required me to be straight. Unfortunately, so I'm pretty straight and I'm pretty. Uh, I don't have any rituals. It's like cool. Warming up is always good. Yeah, right. Little practice. Little practice 
podcast and warm up and I don't do that nearly as often as I should. But no, usually you're just talking to people right before you go on. It's like, ah, I know. It's no, not. I like writing the set list as I walk on stage. <laughs> so, no, yeah. I, I'm really, I'm horrible. I mean, I think that's how it goes for just about everybody, but especially if you're somebody who really like, likes the social aspect of it all, you know, some people just want to perform and, and stay backstage and chill. But for those of us who really enjoy the, uh, the outward like the social aspect of it it's 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 easy to get distracted and then all of a sudden you're on stage you know <laughs> totally i can't get away from that stuff i'm like i just talked to i talked to everybody and i'm like i wish that i was like i need 15 minutes to just chill out but that has never happened to date <laughs> maybe one day but no <laughs> you see someone you know so you gotta go say hi real quick right um any kind of rider items that you have to always no have no rider no rider Oh, I love it. No, no, I'm like one day maybe. Whatever's back there, you'll have. Yeah, I mean, I'm super. I'm super picky. I'm like gluten free, dairy free, veg. I've been a vegetarian since I was 14. I'm like, there's loads of stuff, but I just don't. I'm like, I haven't been to it in a position where I've felt like I'm at a at a place in my career or whatever to be demanding a rider. Right yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, soda water, that's that's not that bad, right? It's not bad. No, water. <laughs> well, then I guess I guess I'll avoid the best Nashville hot chicken question. <laughs> yep, never tried it. They don't there's nobody nobody has a vegetarian hot chicken, so <laughs> nope. they, they don't think about us, unfortunately. No, you're left out in the cold on that one. Yeah, and I'm like I'm not I'm not a hot person, but but I I'd make it I'd make it here at home if I could, if I wasn't do it, but <laughs> Not yet, but I did hear that KFC is coming out with vegetarian chicken, which I've been waiting for for a very long time. I did hear that as well. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> like, I mean, this is an increasing trend. Surely there's a lot. And of it is. I, I think that it's only increasing. This is my view on it. I think it's only increasing because of global warming and all that stuff. I'm like, cool. They're they're in with some higher up people. The government is in on this, I think. Yeah, I mean, and it's bound to be. I'm like, yes, there are a lot of vegetarians out there, but I'm like, they don't care about us. Burger King does not give a shit about us. I think that the bigger picture because of all the, the you know, the, the global I mean, warming is like it's linked. It's all going back to these meat and dairy plants and all that stuff. So it's like, okay. Yeah, you can't sustain, you know. It, right. It's just yeah. Like, it's something that the straw broke the camel's back, you know, kind of yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, I think they're just preparing for the for the future to come but i mean i'm not saying i hadn't been there to get them i have i've <laughs> had a lot i've had i i i got too many yeah it's I mean, burger actually burger king has had a veggie burger for a long time you just have to ask for it right but now that they're advertising this impossible whopper and everything i'm like yeah that's and them dunk a donut like everyone is coming up with it so it's like yeah i think there's something bigger behind it yeah it's sweeping the nation for sure yeah <laughs> I'm like plant-based who, who, since when does I get, you know, your average number one, they're going to have to lower their prices because it's like, cool. Also my biggest thing is like, why just cause you're, you can't eat certain things. It's like, cool. Because I'm, my diet's restricted. I have to pay 10 times more. Right. I'm so, I like, I have, I'm so against all that shit. I'm like, cool. So it's like the veggie whopper is literally three, four times the price of the regular ones. So it's like, right. cool. Y'all, they're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. They ain't going to get their regular business with that. No, and you're not going to convert anybody over to it either. Yeah. You know? Totally. You can't afford to. No. Yeah, I, that'll have to work its way out too. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any kind of any kind of like favorite venues that you always like, oh, if we're going there, we got it. I like, 
you know, you love playing this venue or maybe a certain market that you always look forward to heading back to outside of Nashville? Anywhere, man. I mean, personally, I love like anytime if we get to go and play like Arizona or New Mexico, shit like that, like I'll get personally, I'll get super excited just because I love I love it out there very much. But um, I'm excited about playing uh, Peppy and Harry. That's that's a fun place to play. I've played there a few times before. I'll put, be playing that with Aubrey Sellers here soon. Where's and that? There's, it's in Pioneer Town in California in okay. the desert. Okay. Um, and uh, I always look forward to playing in Minneapolis, honestly, because the people are so awesome. Yeah. That's always something. But I'm like, I, I know that there are some venues, surely. That'll be like, oh, I love this place. But I can't think of anything. Oh, yeah. It. No, that's fine. That's kind of like what these, these questions are just like, if anything pops into your head. There's like a festival in, in Tennessee that I love playing every chance we get to play. And that's the um, the Barefoot Farmers Festival. Um, Red yeah. Boiling Springs is a summer solstice festival. Like that's an incredible festival they get to play anytime. And there are. There's some great. I love uh, my favorite. Event. One of my favorite venues is um, the Burl in Lexington, Kentucky. It's awesome. It is a wonderful place. It's an old train depot and they're great people. And it's always awesome shows and it's just a really killer place to play I'll have to check that place out yeah man they're great well i don't want to keep you too much longer i want to thank you a lot for bearing with me and then doing the whole course uh but yeah okay lily you're playing thursday at blue ox this year one of my favorite days at blue ox it's like everybody's the excitement's building and everybody's showing up and awesome the music's starting and it's actually i really love thursday night at blue ox because that's like our hardcore fans and there's and people have been showing up early Earlier and earlier each year, we actually have a little Wednesday night party to kick things off. And then um, Thursday rolls around and, you know, we all anticipate the evening and you got a great slot. And I just I really want to make sure everybody gets out and sees you and your set. And I just can't wait to share to share you and your music with Blue Ox and our fans because they're so good. You know it because you've you've been up there and you're from there. And uh, yeah, you should drag your family up, too. Oh, they will be. (laughs) They'll be there. Great. Oh yeah. So and uh, yeah, just so look for us, and uh, we'll we'll greet you backstage and get you all comfortable. And uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you at Blue Ox. Thanks so much. Looking so forward to it. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We look forward to making a few more of these in the run-up to the festival. We'd also like to thank a few sponsors of the festival. Bell's Brewing, Tattersall Distilling, Nicolay Law Offices, Bent Paddle Brewing, The Brewing Project, Sociable Ciderworks, Vodersheim Winery and Distillery, TravelWisconsin.com, The Hampton Inn by Hilton, Waste Management, Rooney Printing Company, and Jimmy Love's Bloody Mary Mix. I'd like to give a real quick shout-out to our friends over at the Denver Jamgrass podcast. Check out their streams for some good music, and we'll see you next time. Next time on Road to Blue Ox. Don't go home,